Hello everyone and welcome back to the Arsenal. I'm doing good mate. Um a little bit slow today. I had my tooth out yesterday, so uh, I might have to speak a little bit slower than usual today, but in general I'm I'm good and I'm looking forward to, to Wednesday's game. Yeah, too far is always a painful one, but I suppose the pain was softened a little bit yesterday when Palace got a draw against City, and I know your beloved Liverpool are now hot for the title. How did you feel about that? Yeah, well, I watched the full game. Um, it was very, very enjoyable. The most enjoyable nil-nil I think I've ever watched. Uh, but Liverpool have now got to go and do the business, uh, and it's against none other than Arsenal. So, as I said, very interesting one on Wednesday night, and I'm looking forward to it. Exactly, yeah. Big game on Wednesday night, especially for Liverpool now after the Man City draw. And just what are your thoughts? Are you feeling confident? How are you feeling for the game? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling confident because Liverpool, it's a big moment for Liverpool. Liverpool can go and make a real statement with this win. Uh, but then at the same time, I am gradually appreciating that Arsenal are getting stronger and stronger every time we face them. Um, we faced them very recently, actually, in the Carabao Cup semi-final. Liverpool did very well. But I have a feeling this one might be a bit more competitive and Liverpool are playing a lot lately. Uh, I think Klopp said in his pretty much press conference that since we last faced Arsenal, Liverpool have played 12 times, Arsenal have played six times. So that's quite a difference. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes, but I think it could be quite a good matchup between two good sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think it's the build-up for it is definitely different to previous games. Now, Arsenal in excellent form. We spoke about it before the game. If Arsenal fans are feeling more confident, for me, I'm just used to. I have Liverpool PTSD whenever they come to the Emirates. I feel like <laughs> the score result is going to be inevitable, regardless of how we're playing. But from your from your point of view, I know we went into the game at Anfield. Arsenal fans are confident, but are you a bit wary? Are you more scared, or are you thinking, oh, this is going to be just a usual another routine win for for you guys? No, I don't think it's going to be a routine win. And I think even the game at Anfield early in the season, although it ended up being 4-0, I think. Um, I think at half-time, was it 0-0? I think you were 1-0 up, I believe. I think you were 1-0. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it took quite a while, I think, for us to break the deadlock. Um, and although we ended up scoring four, it didn't feel like as much of a um, steamroll-type performance as previous years. Arsenal felt a bit stronger. Yeah, I think Marnie scored just before half yeah. time. Um but yeah, it was it was a decent performance from Liverpool and things like that. But and although the scoreline reflected previous years in terms of four 0 and stuff, it didn't feel that way and you could you could see improvements there. And this time obviously Arsenal have fourth place to play for, they're playing at home. Arteta can do his mate a favour in a way in Pep Guardiola, so it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it goes and just Speaking on Arteta and uh, Jurgen Klopp, now I think a lot of fans and me myself, I think we've been Arsenal's uh, process, the trust in the process, etc., the build, the rebuilding, rebuilding system has been towards Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp how he set up his team. If we look at it in a in a whole outlook overview, and just talking about Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta, now we know in the last game, I think that almost changed the game when Arteta and Klopp had their little scuffle scuffle on the touchline, and is that? a big difference between the managers showing how and what Ateta needs to learn, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought that Ateta comes across as very, very stern character, a uh, very disciplined person. Um, and I think he got caught up in a moment at Anfield and I don't think it benefited his team. I think if the same thing was to happen at the Emirates, I'm not sure what way that would go. Anfield's very, very different. So, you know, Anfield can get behind the team. And up until that point, it was quite quiet. But I think in this game, I think it was just unfortunate for Arteta really that it happened at Anfield. Um, 
But those scuffles happened a lot. And one thing I do like about the way he responded to it was after the game, totally forgot about it. And I think a few years back, Liverpool faced Chelsea and Frank Lampard was in charge. Similar, similar thing happened. And after the game, Lampard was run, running his mouth and things like that. And Klopp said when asked about it, he said something along the lines of Lampard has to learn that you end it at the last whistle, basically. Uh, so I think it shows a lot of maturity from Arteta's side that, OK, he got embroiled in a bit of a scuffle, but he had the maturity to just kind of nip it in the bud as soon as the match was finished. And I do I do like him as a as a coach, like him as a person. And I think he's, uh, he's getting our Arsenal on the right track. But in terms of comparisons with Klopp, there's some, but I think stylistically they are very different. Yeah, I agree with you stylistically. I do agree they are different. I just think that our recruitment has almost followed the, the Liverpool platform. If you touch on the goalkeeper first with Anne Ramsdale and Alisson, I believe you guys signed Alisson and then later in that season went on to win the Champions League. I know you had Loris Karius before that, of course. I don't think you want to remember the Champions League final of Real Madrid, but Arsenal did have Burnt Leno last season and we, were, we did create a lot of mistakes at the back and Ramsdale's kind of change that and do you think there's a similarity there between the real building process between Alisson for example and Ramsdale coming in? Yeah I think there's I think there's definite comparisons there. Um the only thing I will say is that Alisson was kind of Liverpool's finishing piece and mm. where, whereas with Arteta he seems to have wanted to upgrade um Bent Leno pretty quickly. Um maybe that stems from his desire to build from the back and maybe Bent Leno was just really bad at it and Liverpool placed le- less of an emphasis on that on the club's early days but in terms of the impact that a proper a proper goalkeeper can have on a team, it is massive. Um, you know, they allow you to do certain things in the modern game. Like some some goalkeepers are comfortable sweeping up. If you can sweep up, you can play a little bit higher your defensive line. Uh, some people are good with your, with the feet. If they are good with the feet, they can build out from the back and things like that. And uh, I think I can see both both elements from both goalkeepers influencing both teams in positive ways. Um, but I think the, you know the only difference is Arteta. That I think places a bit more weight on his goalkeeper, hence why he he signed Alan Ramsdale pretty quickly compared to Klopp, who bought Allison very late in, in, in his time in charge and improved that other department first. Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually right because yeah, Allison brought Allison Champions League come in. Us, we're still trying to get in the Champions League. But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, players. One player did you did bring in at the start of your rebuilding process was Sadio Mane in 2016. I think he cost around 35 million, and people at the time thought that yeah. was quite an inflated pay, uh, price. Sorry, and with Ben White coming in in the summer, he was also 50 million pounds. People were saying this is an inflated price, but I think as games go on, he's starting to prove why he's cost that much and do you think there's a sim- similarity there between players proving that they are worth the price and sometimes when you're rebuilding you have to just pay the money straight on the table and and it will work well that's, that's another way in which it's it's interesting because you know if you, if you look on a comparisons one major difference again is Klopp really invested a lot of his money at the start in his attack uh, he spends all his money on players like Mane and uh, Salah and, and players like this and in the, on the defensive side of the game, Trent came through as a kid. Andy Robertson cost about eight million, uh, and he he just made do with the likes of Dejan Lovren and, and players like this for a few years. Spent buttons on a uh, Ragnar Klavan from Augsburg, uh, and then eventually, then he went and paid top dollar for for Virgil Van Dijk, and obviously it made a massive difference. So I think Arteta again has done it slightly differently there in terms of not just upgrading his attack and then gradually moving back towards throughout the team but 
almost wanting the team to gain balance together from from the back and the front. Um, but I do think in terms of these transfer fees that are banded about, I think Ben White probably is a perfect example of why you can't really judge a player until he's performed, until you see what the plan is for him uh, and things like that. So I think White has performed very well this season. Um, and I think he's gradually justifying what was a very expensive price tag. Yeah, I agree with you. And for you as a Liverpool fan, what was the moment where it clicked for you that, OK, we're here now, we're, we've made a statement? For me, I think for Arsenal this season uh, specifically, I think it was Aaron, the Aaron Ramsdale signing. For you, what was the piece? What was the missing piece in the puzzle? Was it Van Dijk? Was it Alisson? Was it, for example, Mohamed Salah for you? What was it? I think it was Alisson. Um, mm-hmm. Van Dijk was massive, obviously. But we had Van Dijk in goal. We had Van Dijk in defence for six months. And behind him, we had Loris Karius. And we still didn't pick up results. And we, we delivered performances. Performances were very, very good, very strong. Deserved to win most matches. But you're so reliant on your goalkeeper when it comes to results. Not so much performances, but when it comes to getting over the line, three points. The, the goalkeeper is massive, and we didn't start picking up consistent three-point wins until Allison got in goal, and he started just delivering the, the results that our performances deserved, in a way. Of course, Allison this season, 15 clean sheets, Ramsdale 12. Is the ceiling for Ramsdale there to meet Allison's Allison's level? I think he has the ability to do that, or do you think it's form? Because some fans have been saying it's mainly a form thing rather than a natural ability. But I think he does have the have the qualities to be Arsenal's number one and actually lead Arsenal, for example, in the future to titles, to 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 European, of course, uh, chasing and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I think he's good enough to to deliver titles. I think he's good enough to to reach a really high level and be England's number one and things like that. But in terms of his his overall game and how he compares to Allison, I think he's as good, if not better, with his feet. Um, but I think in terms of his shot stopping, Allison is is real different level, and and especially one v one, one v one battles. You know, is they, they transpire quite often again when you're playing a high defensive line. So Allison has to be good at that. He is good at that. He's the best at that, in my opinion. I think Ramsdale is known for making really high-profile saves. But I think some of them, he almost oversells by making them look great when he could probably do even less and still save the shots, if you know what I mean. So I think if he gets to a point where his 1v1 um, goalkeeping improves and he's almost doing less as a goalkeeper, drifting under the radar more, it will it will suggest that his performances are better, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because uh, Alisson just saves certain shots that certain goalkeepers will have will have really overstretched and, and ended up on the floor and things like that. And it makes those goalkeepers look good. And it makes it look, it look like Alisson hasn't really had to do much. But it's because his positioning was so good or, or, or you know, things like that. So I think Ramsdale always looking like a top sign again. And when he did arrive at the Emirates in the summer, I didn't even need us. I didn't even realise Arsenal needed, needed a goalkeeper to that extent, to be honest. Um obviously from an outside perspective um, but he, he looks like a massive upgrade and I'm really surprised at how good he is with his feet and things like this so and considering he's he's English he's homegrown and he's 22 yeah 22 years old I think 23 yeah 22 yeah well 23 I mean that's that's very very young for a goalkeeper he's looking at the next decade at the Emirates potentially yeah I agree with you on that I'm, I'm with you I thought Leno last season I thought okay I can work with them all uh, 
strengthening other positions and then maybe come back to the goalkeeping position towards the end of the season. But we're just seeing the difference Ramos that actually has. And I think it's shocked everyone really in the footballing world. I know if you've been a Liverpool fan, I don't know if you like Everton too much, but Pickford first, Alan Ramsdale for number one. Ramsdale yeah, should yeah. be England's number one, right? Yeah, and I, I think I agree. But then at the same time, from Gareth Southgate's perspective, Pickford hasn't ever done anything wrong for Southgate. Uh, he's done well in penalty shootouts. Um, his, his distribution is good. And in terms of the, the calamitous errors that we know Pickford is prone to, to making, he hasn't really made one for England yet. So I think Pickford will remain in. Um, but whether that's the case moving forward, I, I would, if you're starting from scratch now, if, if an England coach was to take over the, the country now, the national team now, I think Ramsdale would be number one. But I think because Southgate has a bit of loyalty to Pickford, I don't think things will change in the near future, but they, they probably should. Yeah, no, I agree. Because when I'm watching England, I just feel like I'm waiting for Pickford to make a mistake. It's almost like, yeah. oh, when is it coming? When is it coming? I know in the semi-final, the free kick against Denmark, the free kick was a bit... Uh, but it's like, when's his next mistake coming? But as you said, he yeah. has been he has been solid for, for England. So it will be hard for Ramsdale to claim that number one spot, but hopefully in the future, he will... <laughs> I do want to switch over now from the goalkeeper all the way to the forward line with Martinelli, Saka and Lacazette. Now, when I'm talking about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp, Martinelli comes up a lot because Jurgen Klopp seems to always praise Martinelli. I remember after the Carabao Cup, he called Martinelli an incredible striker and then he praised him again in the Carabao Cup game. Should Arsenal fans be worried? Just let's say Martinelli, you sell Salah, for example, in the, in, the, in the summer if he doesn't sign a new contract. Do you think Martinelli would be a good signing to suit Liverpool's system? I think Martinelli would be brilliant at Liverpool. I think he's perfectly suited to the system. But I uh, I don't think it's it's going to happen anytime soon. I think even if Salah was to go, I don't think he's the Salah replacement because he's right-footed. Uh, and Liverpool would have to replace Salah with a player who's left-footed. Um, so, but I, I do think Martinelli is, is absolutely clapped through and through. Um, when I watched him a few months back, I think I actually, in fact, it was against Liverpool, and I actually tweeted during the game that Martinelli is such a Klopp forward. And then after the match, Klopp came out and actually said, um, what did he say? He said something like, remember the name, um, he's going to be one to watch type thing. And it's because he's got that natural wide forward instinct where he's very, very fast, very direct, um, unpredictable. He's a threat in behind. And everything that he does is so goal-focused. Everything he does is with the goal in mind. And certain players who are, who are deemed to be attackers, they do lots of nice stuff, but I think sometimes they have to be reminded that you're playing football, goals matter. And some, some a lot of forwards don't don't really gauge that. Um, Liverpool are experts at picking up those forwards who are obsessed with goals. They might look a bit rough around the edges, but they just score all the time. Uh, if you look at Jota, Mane, Salah, Diaz, they're, they're all very much in that mould. And I think Arsenal have got one in Martinelli, who's very like that. Um, but sadly, I think he'll remain at the Emirates, um, even though I think he'd be great for Liverpool. Yeah, sadly for you, lovely for us Arsenal fans. It does worry <laughs> us. Every time Jurgen Klopp comes out and speaks about him, we're like, what, Nick, what is this about? Why is he, why is he <laughs> tapping up Marcelli? And you're right, Marcelli is very goal-hungry. He looks at the goal. And I think... One player who doesn't do that is Bakayi Saka, but he has more goals than Martinelli next season. Back Bakayi Saka, left-footed, 
his contract situation. He hasn't signed a new contract yet. Do you think so? He would you say he is a club signing too, or or you would say no? It's more Martinelli, not really Saka. I think Klopp is more in the Martinelli camp um, in terms of style, but I do think Saka would would be of interest to Liverpool, um, especially considering you've just said he's left footed. So that, that that that's a massive thing. If you look at left footed forwards in Europe. You really you realise how unique Salah is in particular, because there's not that many left-footed forwards for the start, and then when you do find those left-footed forwards, very few of them are actually fast. It's quite weird. Like Lionel Messi is left-footed yeah. forward, Griezmann, um, Dybala, plays like this. They're, they're all, they're all, they all yeah. seem to be, uh, you know, Lacazette, Firmino types maybe who who are, are going to benefit from players running beyond them. But Saka is in that mould. He can go both ways, which I really like, quite two-footed. Um, but I do think he's, yeah, as, as you said, I think he's less goal-orientated than Martinelli and than Salah and Mane and players like that. And I think he's got kind of like a mix of scoring and creating to his game. A little bit like Sancho, maybe. Uh, Sancho's kind of got that about him. He'll, he'll score about as many as he'll assist uh, over the course of a season. So, but I, I, I wasn't aware of, San, of uh, Saka's contract situation. Is the uh, w- w- when does it expire? I think it expires in twenty twenty four actually. But Arsenal are trying to trying to get in his deal uh, sorted by the end of the season because you know two years left. That dodgy teams can start bidding. Price will just suddenly start to dip. So I know Arsenal. I know uh, Football London's Chris Wheatley reported that we are trying to get a deal done in the summer. I think he's a priority alongside Arteta's contract. So. We need to get that sorted. And just speaking on Arteta's contract, actually, he's actually been linked to a move to PSG. I'm wondering his situation. Just what would you what would you, what do you think of that? Do you think he would suit PSG? Personally, I think it would be an absolute disaster because Arteta talks so much about culture. It's important. If you're going to PSG, I think that's what they lack. Do you agree with that or no? Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's a suitable job for him personally. I think they can... I understand why they might be looking at Arsenal and thinking we want our team to play like that. But I, I don't think he's the, the man to basically... I mean, it's a bit of a circus at times. PSG, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it's a bit of a um, you know, it's like Hollywood over there, and I don't I don't think it's it's the type of it's the type of environment for a coach like for a coach like Arteta or Klopp or even Guardiola. You know, I don't I don't think they they like that really. Um, but I, did, I was interested to see when those links emerged. What was the feeling like for Arsenal fans then? Because there's been a lot of doubt of Arteta over the over his time in charge. And sometimes it takes something like this for you to realise what you've got. Yeah, it, it said it for me, I said a lot. I was like, okay, he's getting now recognition from Europeans best team is showing that his work his work is is working really, that he's he's doing well. And the fact that he's being recognized by PSG who are aiming to win the Champions League and I believe Arteta can possibly lead him to that says a lot. And Arsenal need to be more appreciative of Arteta because if we don't, then he'll probably get a move to a big European club. It says a lot about his training methods, how how other teams view him, and it's it's something we really should be appreciative of because I think early on this season and last season we wanted Arteta. Out. I know for me personally, after the Philly Real game, I was like, how can he return from this? I don't know how. I think the time's done, but he's proved me wrong. I know that much, and this season he has really shown that he is the man for the job and he is the man to take Arsenal forward. Really, and just talking about the Liverpool game and Arsenal first Liverpool, what I believe is that. Arsenal almost taking the image of Liverpool in terms of how to rebuild, taking their time. Of course, I know Liverpool, it took you two seasons under Klopp, then you got into the Champions League and then then you really build on from that. I think the similar is happening under Arteta. So I'm seeing similarities there, but 
the style of play is very similar to Manchester City. I think with the new 4-3-3 system, we're seeing five forwards almost. And Pep Guardiola utilises the same. And do you see a similarity there? Do you think that's the direction that Arteta is going in? Yeah, I think in a, in a way, um, I do think he's he seems to be taking little elements from from all from all the coaches he's worked with, basically, um, and some inspiration from the coaches he's inspired by, maybe. Um, but if you look at how his system works and stuff, I think he's just getting the most out of the players at his disposal. Um, I watched Monday Night Football last night actually, and Carragher highlighted how um, how Arteta seems to be establishing this front bank of five in attack yeah. in, the, in the final third. Liverpool do that, City do that. The best teams usually do that because it allows you to really establish dominance over the game. Um, so I can see some similarities there. But I think specifically when you mentioned recruitment there, over the past 12 months in particular, I can see Arsenal uh, not, not necessarily taking inspiration from Liverpool because I'd be surprised if that's happened. But just similarities across the board in terms of specifically Vlahovic. You know, I think years gone by, Arsenal would have tried to get Vlahovic, failed panicked and went and bought another striker who probably weren't that great and probably wouldn't have succeeded at the Emirates. But I think the decision to wait, I think, is such a good move. And so many so many clubs behave as as though football is like a it like there's an expiry date on, on football and, and we have to meet this by this certain deadline type thing. But football is it it's an infinite game. It it, it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. So you need to make signings consistently based on tomorrow you know you need to be constantly thinking about tomorrow and that's what Liverpool have done over the years and it's really really benefited the club like if you look at this time last year Liverpool was struggling didn't have a centre half our centre back department consisted of Reese Williams who was a kid and Nat Phillips who is you know your basic Burnley centre half um, but despite that Liverpool still didn't go and buy a replacement or a you know a player to to fill in in January because we wanted Ibrahim Kanate in the summer and he came in he looks great Liverpool are now sorted for the next decade whereas if we I think most clubs in that January window would have would have went and signed uh, a centre half who maybe isn't as good as Kanate probably a few years older than Kanate and it would have caused issues further down the line so. I think one thing Arsenal have certainly done right over the years recently is just make hits in the transfer market. Any potential flops, any risks, don't take them. It's better to wait and to be certain than to panic. But you get a position, you know, you get an extra player for a certain position for the, for the next six months. You know, it's not worth it half the time. So I do think there's some similarities over there and I think Arsenal are getting to a point now where the squad's in such a healthy place that Arteta really doesn't have to force it. He doesn't have to start buying players for the sake of it. The core is established. Take your time and just get it right. Yeah, I agree. And I think, for me, what stood out for Liverpool, I know you didn't sign a marquee attacker in a summer chance window. And I, I, I saw Liverpool fans be a bit discontent about that. But then you waited. January come. Tottenham in for Luis Diaz. You bang, you came in, took him from, from the hands. Look how he's thriving at Liverpool at the moment. And if maybe if you signed the attacker in the summer, you'd have been able to get Luis Diaz now. So you're right, patience is a virtue and patience. Got you Luis Diaz, who's doing absolutely excellent at the moment. And speaking of Diaz and his possible matchup against Cedric, does that excite you for the for the game on Wednesday? Do you think that's where the game could be won or lost? Yeah, it does excite me. Yeah, I saw your tweet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your tweet, it was funny. Um 
But yeah, he's he's he started absolutely on fire. He looks like such a natural Liverpool player, very much in the mould of that Martinelli bracket in terms of speed, directness, um, ability. He's just so confident and so strong. Very good at taking balls out out, out the sky and um, very goal orientated. So direct. He's he's just perfect Liverpool type forward to be honest. And despite the fact he can't speak the language yet. He just looks so at home in the system and so difficult for opposing defenders to deal with. And when it comes to Cedric, obviously he's getting to the back end of his career now. I think he's he's doing okay of like though, isn't he? Yeah, he's done all right. Against Harvey Barnes, he struggled a bit on Sunday, but except from that, he hasn't really put a foot wrong. Now I can't put a, a mistake and think, oh, he's done that. So he's he's done all right so far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool do have, I think, all five forwards now available to play. So I'm not even sure Diaz will start because Liverpool have Jota, they have Mane, they have Salah, usually only three of them plays. So it's going to be interesting to see who he goes with, but considering Cedric is is playing there in, in place of Tommy Yasu, it probably is an area that Liverpool can target. Um, and Diaz is, is certainly showing lately that he can, he can be that player. Yeah, definitely. And you spoke about the five forwards. I want to speak Arsenal before we do in the show. I know in the Carabao Cup, Lacazette struggled against Liverpool. Would you be... Would you think Arteta would benefit more from maybe putting Marcelli up there rather than Lacazette? Because Arsenal do need to rotate. We're playing three games in six days and playing Lacazette for the whole game in three, in three, and three, all three other games, he will start to get tired. Do you think you'd be more scared if you saw maybe Marcelli up there, with Smith Rowe coming into the left, and Arsenal doing a bit more entertain, inter, interchanging? Sorry, you think that will be more threatening to Liverpool? Or no? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I hadn't thought about that one. Um, I do think that generally. I think Arsenal have done okay against Liverpool this season, but one thing I checked before, we've played three times now and Arsenal haven't scored. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at Arsenal's attack, I think Lacazette is fairly easy for Liverpool to to, to manage defensively. Because uh, if, you, if you're managing Lacazette on the halfway line, it's not too much of an issue because he's not particularly fast and things like that. So maybe it is a way of mixing it up for Arsenal in the match, but... I'm not particularly sure what he'll do. I'm not particularly sure how he'll do it. But I know if I was facing Liverpool, my my way of attacking Liverpool would be to to try and exploit the offside trap. And I don't think Lacazette is, is that player, maybe. I mean, maybe he can cause disruption. Maybe he can drag a centre-half with him when he drops into the midfield. But I think Arsenal need to, need to start doing more around Liverpool's offside trap, like Chelsea do, like Brighton do. Uh, like we we obviously faced Brighton over the weekend, beat them fairly easily. But the the three games before that, we we hadn't beat them. Brighton with three matches unbeaten against Liverpool, and a lot of that stemmed from how they use our sides up against us. So if Arsenal can play as many as many runners, um, it will cause Liverpool issues. And like Chelsea, for example, when we played them in the Carabao Cup, Thomas Tuchel played Lukaku on the bench, and he played Havertz. Um, just little things like that, players who are going to be interchanging, players who are going to be running beyond the defensive line, players who are going to make runs from deep. Um, it can cause Liverpool some issues and maybe it'll impact um, Arteta's team selection on the day. Yeah, hopefully it does and hopefully we do get the win, but we shall see. And just before you go, just I'm going to have to get a score prediction from you. I know you said you're feeling quite confident, so what's, 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 what's the score going to be? Um. No, I'm not feeling too confident. I do think it'll be a, a tricky one. I'm going to say 2-1 to Liverpool. Um, what are you going to say? I was going to say... 
I'm probably going to say 2-1 Liverpool as well. I'm sorry, Arsenal fans. I know <laughs> Arsenal channel, but I have to be honest, Liverpool, I just hate playing against them, especially at the Emirates. I just don't like it. So I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. But who's so, going to be your score? Both? Yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, do you, do you, would Arsenal fans take a draw then? Oh, I think personally, if because we, we played Leicester on Sunday, we played Liverpool on Wednesday, and we've got Aston Villa away, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa on Saturday. So I think if we got seven points from that, I'd bat your hand off. Oh, yeah, as Guy Clark in the, in the background, the upper producer said, he'll bat your hand off for a draw, and I'll do the same. Anything from the Liverpool game, I'll take, and then we can beat Leicester and Aston Villa either side. It'd be the perfect, perfect week, personally, for me. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just not confident. I'm not confident as an Arsenal fan. You guys always come here and get what you need to get, especially now with Man City joining. Your guys are going to be hungry for the win. You know, you get that win, win another game, you go ahead of City because I believe you play two games, don't you, before City yeah. play again. So, yeah, I'm just, that's why I'm not confident. I think if City won, then I'd be okay. I think we can do this, but now I'm a bit... Uh... I think as well, Arsenal are now in a position where, okay, they're fighting for fourth, but... In my opinion, they've, they've kind of got it now, really. I mean, they've got a real gap. They are definitely favourites now. And um, obviously, Spurs losing over the weekend against Manchester United. So, Arsenal are in a position where they definitely have something to fight for. But they're not fighting for it as much as Liverpool, I think, anymore. Arsenal are in a position now where they're quite safe, regardless of what they lose this match. Liverpool aren't. Liverpool have to win this game. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, some fans have been calling Liverpool game a free hit, but I'm just I'm just worried. I know I, for me, United, there's something about them I don't trust. I feel like they can just turn the switch on and suddenly just start <laughs> winning games. And I don't know how Arsenal will react to, to being in this position. So under Arteta, we've never been fighting for top four. We don't know how the boys will react to such high pressures, but we shall see how that goes. We are going to end the show there, though. Josh, as always, thank you for joining us, mate. Yeah, no problem, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. And hopefully Arsenal play well but hopefully they lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next time we do speak, hopefully, yeah, there is a win on the board for us, even though I think it's unlikely, but we shall see. <laughs> Guys, if you want to see more of Josh's reaction, give him a follow on Twitter at Distance Covered. I'm sure he'll be tweeting a lot about the game and so will I, so give me a follow too. But most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>